Hey everybody, this is Elle. And this is Crystal. And this is Alternative Interests. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Elle didn't want to talk first and she's all awkward now. I am. <laughs> I don't... I need somebody else to get the ball rolling. That's okay, you're doing good. not the initiator, I'm really not. Oddly. Because I, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, today I'm going over a, I wanted to say fun, but it's not fun, a shorter case, I guess, uh, from a long, long time ago in a land far, far away of the United Kingdoms. (laughs) Far, far away from us, not necessarily far, far away from everyone. (laughs) Not far, far away from everybody else. But us. Um, so these cases with Mary Bell uh, took place in Newcastle, England. She's actually one of the youngest. They called her a serial killer, but pretty sure you need three victims minimum to be considered one. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and I guess I'll have to look it up because I've never actually heard any podcasts about her. Granted, I, I have not heard many podcasts i'm relatively new to listening to them but i've seen a couple articles on her and i'm just wondering if they classified her as a serial killer because she had all the personality markers and like if they hadn't caught her when she when they did she would have killed more because they were uh she she murdered two people Mm -hmm. and they are close enough together maybe that and then she just got convicted right there or whatever like she got caught and went to court right there and i'll tell you a bit about her and stuff but it makes sense why i mean it kind of makes sense like if she didn't end up in jail she probably would have or like what murdered more people it was 1960s is when this was going on so i think that was before serial killer was a thing so maybe it's just like so maybe it was just like an early understanding of a serial she was classified as a serial killer in the early stages when people were like, hey, this is what a serial killer is. Yeah. Um, and it just stuck. Yeah. So, she's one of the youngest. I actually looked up, and I think she's, like, number three or four on the youngest serial killers. They're younger than her? Yeah, the youngest is eight. Oh, my God. I want to I wanna get to him. But, like, I'm not going over him now, but I want to tell that. <laughs> okay. So, just to tell you a little background of Mary Bell... Mary was born to her mom, uh, Betty, who was a 16-year-old prostitute. She wasn't the nicest lady <laughs> at all, and uh, she seems very psycho. I'm not going to lie. Like, okay. So when Betty gave birth to Mary, like, this is just, if you think you have it bad, I'm sorry, but at least your mom didn't tell the doctors to, quote from Betty, take that thing away from me. At least your mom didn't say that, hopefully. No, but... <laughs> so I'm trying to think about it from her point of view. If she was a 16-year-old prostitute, obviously she's doing it for a reason. Obviously. Mar- she was married? She Mary's father was in the picture. I'm thinking of it more like she's not prostituting for the hell of it. It's most likely because she needs to make a living. Yeah. Having a child 
kind of chases away the suitors. It gets a little better, though. Okay. Okay. I mean, worse. I should say worse. It doesn't get better. It kind of goes downhill. Okay. Way downhill. So, um, Betty would always be gone on business trips. You don't see my air quotes, but whatever. Um, and so Betty wasn't even really around all that much. And like I said, Mary's father was like kind of in the picture as in he never really had a job and he was in and out of jail, I guess, a lot of the time. So how was he in the picture? (laughs) (laughs) When he was home, he was sitting on the couch. Okay. Okay. Um, There wasn't too much talk about her dad. He was either jobless or in jail. So. Okay. Yeah. He definitely isn't pops of the year. (laughs) Let's just say that. Betty was very abusive towards Mary, uh, both in the physical and mental aspect. Like, um, Mary was strangely accident prone. For example, she fell out a window. Oh. According to her mother. Okay. (laughs) And she actually had a really bad brain injury, which makes sense for later. A lot of things. Right. There's a, there's a lot of theory behind brain injury causing people to commit stuff like this. I'm not entirely certain I buy into that. I mean, I'm one with brain injury and I'm fine. So. Yeah. But whatever. That's, that's (laughs) debatable, but. Oh, (laughs) I feel attacked. Okay. Uh, Mary accidentally, more air quotes, OD'd on sleeping pills. Oh, accidentally. Accidentally, you know, just stumbling upon them. To top off Betty's wonderful mother, motherly instincts, uh, she actually tried to give Mary away to some random lady. And her, her Betty's sister was the one who witnessed this and had to get Mary back from this random lady. You know what that reminds me of? Charles Manson. Yeah. His mom sold him for like a, a pint of a beer pint or something beer. like that. So anyway, uh, some people think Betty didn't want Mary. And then, uh, which is understandable kind of like for, I guess I want to say like her lifestyle, like her life choices and what she was doing. Uh, it makes sense because the second she was born, she said, get that. I mean, there's really no need to read into it. It's like from the second um, this baby was born, she didn't want her. But then there's other people who kind of found that hard to believe because Betty loved using Mary to get attention. Also makes sense. Yeah. So either or, like I said, mother of the year award. I... I don't, this is from Mary. They said Mary said this. Um, so nobody really knows like how truthful it is because Mary was prone to uh, be an executive liar mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, over-exaggerate things and stuff. Um, she did say by the age of four, uh, Betty was actually prostituting Mary off. But I don't know if I believe that. None of the family actually, like, would confirm that. But Mary was saying, like, oh, yeah, when I was four, like, my mom was. Um, and I could never find, like, a definite answer. Because right. there's also a lot of, like, I found a lot of writings. But also there's notes that Betty made up a bunch of, like, wrote things and said it was Mary's. Her mom is, Betty's a piece of work, guys. Man, both of them are, okay. Both of them are pieces of work. And then Mary would also claim about how her mom would try killing her, and that happened around, like, 
several occasions, which honestly, by the way, Betty sounds like that's believable. <laughs> well, and the accidents. Accidents. Yeah. What's really sad is if you really, I mean, poor, I mean, it kind of is like a little bit of a sad growing up because like uh, her family actually said that maybe like Mary had a weird, um, what is it, concept of like death and like fascination with it because that when she was five years old, she actually witnessed her best friend get hit by a bus. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, that's like best friend hit bus dead. And so, I mean, I don't know a specific age because I think it's different for every family, but I feel like five, six years old is when kids kind of start grasping the idea of death. Yeah. Um, It's more than just like an abstract thing. It's like they can actually understand that like this is what happens. They're not coming back. So having something so traumatic Happen. happen right then right right when you're understanding it like that's sad and terrifying yeah no i was just like wow that's that's dark um so as she got older and started school like kind of it's understandable she was known as a chronic liar and she was really disruptive in class all of her teachers would say that um but she also started like voicing uh like voicing how she wanted to like, hurt people Okay. I mean, depending on what she was saying. Yeah. I feel Maybe like... not concerning. I, yeah, but... Because how many times do you have, like, a kid come home from school and they're like, I just want to kick Jimmy, like... Yeah, I mean, I would say things like that all the time, but, like... It's one of those hindsight things that, like, knowing what she did people look back and they try to be like oh and this was a flag and that was a flag and so that's one of those and i'm like i don't know if it was or wasn't especially because it doesn't say like what she was saying right and i mean there's some things where yeah you can look over it and then other things where it's just like oh maybe you should have paid a little bit more attention right but she sounds really creepy so i mean but she also sounds like that weirdo kid that like i said like like they said she was like a compulsive liar and stuff like that so Mm. What do you believe? So as Mary Bell got older, um, she was pretty messed up. So a few weeks before her first murder, she was acting stranger than normal. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, I don't know if somebody to her extent can act like if strange is her normal. I don't know. Well, stranger than normal, it's like... You know how sometimes you get kids that are just a little weird? Like, I'm yeah. trying to think of an example. Actually, on um, on the Morbid page the other day, every, by the way, sidebar, everyone should listen to Morbid. Morbid! Because we love them. Oh, I love them! But in that Facebook group the other day, someone posted about her daughter being interested in, like, bones and stuff. And so, like... You can see that being strange, but if they're otherwise normal, it's like, okay, you're just, you're just a little bit of a weird kid, so, but <laughs> yeah. if, if that same kid one day goes, like, bones and blood and guts, you might be like, oh, there. Okay. Taking a step back. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's step away for a minute. Especially if they start killing little animals. Right. We really need to take a step in. But she's acting a little stranger than normal, so, like, she's interested in, let's say, 
she was interested in one thing and then it just became a little worse. Okay. Uh, so Mary Bell, she had a friend named Norma Bell, but they're not related at all. That was very strongly put. Uh, somehow they just have the same last name. What else? So on May 11th of 1968, they're playing with a boy who is about three years old. I don't know why 11-year-olds are yeah, playing with a baby. That's weird. Toddler. Right. Toddler. But that's, um, that's a really big age gap. Yeah. So at first I was like, I wouldn't let my three-year-old play with 11-year-olds, but whatevs. It was a simpler time back then. Not really, but yeah. Well, so did it say where they were playing? Yeah. Uh, they were playing on top of an air raid shelter. Okay. Exactly. Okay, thank you. I mean, well... Where are their parents? Well, not just that, but that also doesn't answer my question. <laughs> um, did it, Were they playing, was it like at school recess? Or? No, they were okay. playing on top of an air raid shelter. Just completely... Because what I was thinking is... After school. I don't know if they still had like conjoined grades at that point. I don't know. I... From the sounds of it, I couldn't find if it, it never really talked about like if the grades were conjoined or not. Okay. There was like the nursery. It talks about the nursery a lot. So I don't know if the nursery and the school for like older kids are mm -hmm. the same or if they're different. Okay. I don't know. UK. I know I'm trying I'm trying to reason my way through this but there's no reason there's, so I, yeah there's just no logic here continue <laughs> anyway they're playing on top of an air raid shelter because that's safe and the boy accidentally I, I like my air quotes fell and was severely injured okay yep so there was really no like he accidentally fell like that's what they everybody claimed um after this, the day after this, there was three mothers of, like, three little girls, like, three different moms, mm -hmm. went to the police and started talking to them about how Mary tried strangling their children. And the police went and talked to Mary, but nothing was really done about it. Okay. Okay? Weird, right? What? Oh, but, you know, police didn't do anything. Mary's being Mary. A little weirdo. Just roughhousing a little bit. I guess. Okay. It's little kids. Or whatever. On May 25th, this is actually the day before Mary's 11th birthday. Which, um, today's the 24th, so... Oh, wow! Consequently, it's right around the anniversary of that this. That is... But... That is interesting. I didn't plan this. I, I noticed that when I was looking at your notes. <laughs> I was like, oh! I didn't plan that at all. Interesting. There was a boy found uh, who was four years old, dead in an abandoned house. And he was found by two little boys is what a more... Con I was consistent that he was found by these two little boys who went into this house and found him. Mm -hmm. Abandoned place and found him. I don't... I'm sorry. Who's watching these children? Abandoned houses? Air raid shelters? It was the 60s. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, they find this little boy, and his name was Martin. They find out his it's Martin Brown. Um, but when the police arrived, and they started, like, looking over the body and everything, they couldn't... 
There was no signs of like of a uh, foul play. Okay. And no real cause of death, but they did find a pill bottle. Kind of not like super close to the body, but kind of by the body. So they ruled it as an accident. Like he might have just taken too many pills. And... Right. Like he got into the medicine cabinet. Yeah. And didn't it thought it was candy because it's small. Like... Yeah, and you know, went to an abandoned building and just took it. Yeah. Okay. So that happened. So they just ruled it as an accident. There was no further looking to it uh, by the police. But on May 26th, Norma, so this is the next day, which is Mary's birthday, Norma Bell's father caught Mary choking Norma. Ooh. So Norma's dad slapped Mary and sent her home. Okay. Yeah. And then this is kind of where the few different articles I was looking at, some of them said it was the same day, and then some of them said it was, like, within a week span mm-hmm. of, like, these certain events happening. So, later that day, police found the local nursery vandalized. And I put a few different, because they actually had quotes of what was, like, on the walls, and the grammar is child grammar. So. Okay. Uh, there are, like, a few bad words, and I'm going to skip one of them. Okay. So, fudge of we murder, watch out, Fanny and F word. We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck of you bastards. Okay. Yeah. They find out later this was Mary and Norma who wrote it, but at the time they have no idea. So while this is going on, Mary, so Mary, uh, Martin's family didn't think it was an accident and they're really suspicious of Mary because Mary shows up to their house asking to see Martin's body. And when Martin's mom is like, tries to explain, no, sweetie, Martin's passed away. He can't come and play. And Mary looks at Martin's mom is like, and she says, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. Oh, creepy. Yeah. Like, kind of a little weird. (laughs) But if you think about the way kids get really fixated on stuff, it makes sense. Like, she's really fascinated by death. And, like, kids, when they get interested in something, they, like, latch on to it. Yeah. So, it makes sense. If she's fascinated by death, it would be, and, like, they get to a place where they're always asking about it. Like, yeah. if you're, if your niece is obsessed with horses, like, can we go see a pony? Where's a pony? Mm-hmm. And then you're, like, driving, like, oh, look, there's a pony. Can we go see the pony? I want to pet the pony. It's always about the ponies. Yeah. So, I, don't know. I mean, it's creepy, but it, it makes sense if she's really fascinated with death uh-huh. that she would be, like, I want to see the dead body. It's a it's a really weird thing to be interested in that young. Yeah, at the age of 11. But she's also... I feel like having a mother that is obviously abusive yeah, makes you grow up really fast. Yeah. After that happened, May 31st, the nursery actually caught Mary and Norma loitering at the school again by this uh, nursery school because they installed, after the first vandalization, like vandalism thing happened, they installed security cameras. So I'm, I'm like thinking of responsible 1960s security cameras. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, black and white, really grainy. Yeah, kind of what I picture. 
I didn't know they had security cameras. Right. That just, that's crazy to me. But apparently they do. So, uh, when they were caught, the police were called and they went and asked Mary and Norma, but once again, nothing was really done. They were just questioned, kind of like, stop hanging around. Mary started telling classmates that she was the one who killed Martin Brown. Of course she did. But nobody believed her because she was a compulsive liar. Oh, yeah. And... That's like episode three, <laughs> Michael confessing to his co-workers and they were just like, oh, Michael. Yeah, whatever, dude. Two months later, on July 31st, so two months after Martin Brown's death, another boy was found dead. Another young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Brian Howie. I think it's Howie. Was found. Um, I don't know if it was his sister who found him, but his sister went looking for him with Mary and Norma. Like, they offered to help her go look for him because he was missing. And uh, Mary actually pointed out these blocks of, like, cement, these cement blocks where she's like, maybe we should check over there. Mm -hmm. And then his sister was like, no, I don't think so. He wouldn't be over there. And they, like, kept looking around. Mm -hmm. But then they did a search party and... So I'm not sure if it was still his sister who found him. Right. At those blocks. Oh, creepy. So. But then I wonder if. So do you know, was he killed by the blocks or was he killed somewhere else and moved to the blocks? No, he was killed there. It was just the blocks were kind of used to like hide. He was like behind them. I don't want to say they said what it was. So it was what it was like a. uh what are they? Almost like a construction thing, I think, is what it seemed, like, kind of what it sounded like. Yeah. And then they were playing over there. He was playing over there. And that's where he, like, somebody... So, um, like, did did Mary and Norma move him, though? No. Okay. They killed him there. Okay. What if they were trying to kill the sister, too? Oh. Because they were, they already knew that they however they killed the boy how did they kill him um i was gonna get into that so the way they found his body was kind of really like screwed up because they said uh his body was like really cut up and it looked like it was from like scissors and stuff uh so his the ins like his thighs were super cut up and um his like genital area yeah was just butchered oh that's so sad yeah i don't know if they planned on killing the sister too while they were just there right (laughs) or if they really like if i can see from the way norma i mean not norma uh well norma and mary like talk and everything they like especially norma they they like to see like norma's almost like the one who wants to like see what like people are like like excited she's kind of excited about like seeing everybody else and how they react to it yeah and then mary's just enjoying the terror yeah so mary is kind of thriving off the actions and the knowledge that everyone else is freaking out but norma has to see people so she's one of those people who gets herself injected into things so that she can kind of keep an eye on it yeah she know what you know she likes like the drama part of it yeah (laughs) and then mary's doing it just to do it right Um, i mean that's that's such a huge escalation between the first murder and the second murder. Yeah. And that's, 
I mean, that's that it makes me think they were going to kill her even more because with that kind of huge step up that mm-hmm. they went from poisoning a little boy to mutilating one within two months. Yeah. And supposedly these are the only two victims they know of. Yeah. Like, if they were still, like, amped up on Adrenaline. on this murder that they committed. Yeah. I I can see that they may have been trying to lure her because some some killers do that. They take their victims to kill them yeah. in the same spot over and over again. Oh, that would been that would have been so sad. Yeah. I'm happy that didn't happen. I'm happy that I'm really happy that didn't happen, actually. Right. Yeah. Wow, okay. My mind is just now like, well that's really screwed up. <laughs> so they find Howie's body. And like I said, the neighborhood like went looking and then they started panicking because that's like a two month span. Two boys are dead already and they have no idea who did it. And this one is a lot more drastic than the first one. So after examiners look over his body and it's the body's like cooled, they actually find a razor carving in his chest that was the letter M. Mm-hmm. And there actually was like speculation that she came back that Mary came back later and put the M in his chest. Oh, creepy. So she, like, they, like, killed him. And then she left and came back, and that's when she mutilated the body. And like, all of it or just the M? I think it's just the M. Okay. Because it was, like, because she cut everything up with, like, scissors. Okay. And then the M was done with a razor. That's so creepy. Yeah. And then they also found... There was a lack of force used to, like, strangle him. So you couldn't really see the marks on his neck. Right. Until, like, the body cooled off and everything. And then it started showing the marks. Right. And so the examiners were all, uh, started believing that the murderer was probably another child. Right. Because they, they didn't have the strength. Yeah. Um, there, which this is really sad to think about because when an adult, strangles another person adult or child i mean it takes a certain amount of force to do that and it's like it is torturous to do that i can't imagine two little girls that don't have that the kind of strength a grown adult has yeah like strangling a little boy right who's bored that's so sad yeah it's disgusting honestly i'm just like how Detectives actually started taking it, like, way more seriously. And, like, this, because there's another little boy. And so they actually started, they sent out a questionnaire among the local children Mm -hmm. to kind of figure out who was doing what that day. Everybody else seemed okay besides Mary. Norma's was not consistent. Their questionnaires were not consistent at all with each other. And so they were both brought into questioning. And this questioning was taken seriously. So finally... (laughs) Both uh, of them seemed a little too, like, interested in the event, event investigation. Kind of like how I was saying before, like, Norma was, like, really excited right. and everything, like, asking questions and Especially stuff. Especially at 11 years old. They're probably like, yeah. why are you so interested in this as a child? Like, kids ask questions. They ask questions. Yeah. I can see some level of interest, but they were probably, like, You're a little too way into too into it. Well... So Norma was excited, and then Mary was more evasive when the police started asking questions, and they actually pointed out that Mary was with Brian on the day that he died. So, mm-hmm. like other 
kids saw them together? Yeah. Okay. So it was pointed out that they Mary was seen with Brian that day. Also, I want to mention, because I don't really have it in my notes, because I only saw it, like, addressed once or twice. No, once. It was once. That Mary, I mean, Norma was actually older than Mary. She was, like, 13, I think, Okay. this was going on. So Mary was 11. Norma was 13. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I was just, like, when I was reading this, I was like, that's, I don't know. I don't feel like 11 and 13-year-olds should be acting like this. No. Um, <laughs> I know that's, like, obvious, but. um. So... I don't know how actually accurate this statement was because it seems a little animated and very like, okay, who actually saw this? And, uh, but it was actually, there's a few, well, one or once or twice they said that, uh, somebody saw Mary outside of Brian's house on the day of his burial and she was rubbing her hands together and laughing as she saw his coffin. Like Mr. Burns in <laughs> The Simpsons, like, excellent. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I, I what mean, I'm thinking that's of. Kind of. That's kind of what I was, like, picturing, like, this little, like, girl in old. Yeah, that sounds really dramatized. Like. Yeah. So that's why I was, like, some of this, I'm just, like, okay, a, a lot of it seems over-exaggerated. And that's why I was really skeptical about, like, sharing some things, like, Things that people said Mary said mm-hmm. because so many people were, like, over-exaggerating right. what was going on. So, not that I'm under-exaggerating what's going on, <laughs> what happened, but, I, yeah. You gotta um, you gotta find somewhere in the middle of the spectrum yeah. because you get people who way over-exaggerate and then some people who downplay it and somewhere in the middle is the truth. Yeah. And it's like you have to go by... Stuff that you see repeatedly is probably more true than something you've only seen once. Yeah, that's kind of what it ended up. Yeah. I was just like, all right, I see this once. Like, that whole thing was quoted, like, one spot. Right. And it was also talking about how the tabloids labeled her as the, uh, labeled her as evil born, where I was just like, okay, that seems a little extreme. It- <laughs> I would completely buy it if a tabloid posted that, though. Oh, they did. Like, yeah. That's how they were seeing her. Mary called it, uh, was called in for a second interview, and then she ended up actually making up some story about how she saw Brian with an older boy who had broken scissors, and this older boy actually hid Brian. And it's just like, well, I guess if you saw that, why didn't you say it earlier? N- nobody, nobody knew that Brian's how uh how his body was mutilated besides oh the investigators so the fact that she brought up this boy with a pair of scissors is like catching their attention yeah so they're just like aha nobody knew that the only person who knew that is the police the examiners and um, whoever did this and whoever did it so she became even more suspicious and then after a while, after questioning uh, Norma and Mary, they broke. And Norma decided to cooperate with police and impl- implicated Mary uh, where she admitted to be, like, murdering Brian. Mm-hmm. But she blamed it all on Norma. She said Norma did it. Okay. And it's one of those, like, I was there, but they did it. Yeah. 
And then Norma does it it when I was reading like their statements and stuff, it was actually like the whole time Mary blamed Norma like for the whole thing. And Mary was just there standing watching, not knowing what to do. And then on the flip side, Norma was saying Mary did all this. Mm-hmm. And there is actually, I found it really interesting. I didn't write it down, but I thought it was really messed up that there was a point, but they were both compulsive liars. So who knows if this was true. Right. But I'm pretty sure it was Norma said that while Mary was choking Brian, there was actually a point where she got up and she was just like, my hands are tight or like tight or something like that. She said, now you do it. You finish oh, it. Oh, I've heard that before. That like. It was one of them started, and they're like, oh, my hands are tired. It's your turn. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it was so messed up. I was like, what? I don't... They actually stopped and then continued. Like, right. there, no part of them felt any remorse for this little boy. So they were both charged, and went, they went to trial. And then in December, Mary was convicted of manslaughter. So... Only manslaughter? Yeah. Or, I guess, I can say that right now, but we don't know what the terminology means over there. Yeah. But, so when I hear manslaughter, <laughs> I'm just... Um, okay. Yeah. So, they looked back on the first murder of Martin, and then I, she was charged with both of them. Okay. Um, Because, I guess, the same thing, they found that Martin was also strangled. Uh, to death rather than just the pills. So they think she, like, gave him the pills and then she strangled him. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Super sad. So, uh, Mary was convicted of manslaughter. She was tested and everything, and they found Belle displaying classic symptoms of psychopathy. Classic. Okay. And I want to know what the classic symptoms... I mean, like... right. If I mean, classic back then, because it's changed so much. Yeah. And I feel like, actually, really interesting. So I was listening to a podcast called Talk Murder to Me mm-hmm. yesterday, or the day before, and there is um, this test that you can take, it's similar to like a depression test or one of those yeah. type of tests where you rate stuff on a scale, and... You add up your points at the end, and I think if you, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like in America, if you get over a certain number of points, then you're considered a psychopath. Um, And in England, there's, it's the same test, but their point value is different. So I think... I can't remember. I can't remember if America's point value is higher or England's point value is higher, but... I'd believe America's higher because we're kind of psychos. Well, no. (laughs) No, it's like if you score lower, like... Lower is good. Is it like golf? It's... Wait. No, we don't want to be psychopaths. The higher your score, the closer you get to the psychopath line. Oh, okay. So... It's not like golf. So if England, if your score is lower when they... It means they catch psychopaths earlier or like okay. they have a lower threshold so i think their scale is lower than our scale that makes sense but so that's why it's interesting to think about it from their point of view because their classic psychopath might be different than what we yeah say it is 
unless I mean, is the DSM international? I don't think so. I think it is. Is it? Is it? Or when we're gonna look that up? Okay, the DSM is for America, but there's actually um, a global health agency that does the ICD, which is really similar. Okay, interesting. Yes, I guess. I mean, it makes sense that we would look at it differently just because... I mean, different cultures. Different cultures and stuff. So, yeah, the psychiatrist labeled her as classic, showing classic symptoms of uh, psychopathy. And I would really like... I'm almost, like, intrigued to know what else she was doing to label her that way. Like, I get that, like, it named off some things. Like, mm-hmm. she was super into violence or, what, like, talking about hurting other people or whatever. But what else was she? Like, it makes me think what else she was doing. Right. Um, Or, like, talking about. I don't know. I found that really interesting, but I couldn't find, like, two more looking into it. And then the judge actually posed that she was a very high risk to high risk to other children. So, no, duh. yeah, I don't know. I mean, she just killed two. The British press labeled her as evil born. And then the uh, persecutors actually told the court Mary Bell's reasoning was solely for the pleasure and excitement of killing. So I don't know if that's an actual quote from her or if that's just people trying to, like I said, there's a lot of things I feel like they made her seem a lot more far gone than she actually was just because she's alive today and doing fine. (laughs) And then, like I said before, in her official statement, she just blamed Norma up and down for everything. Um, But Norma was actually, she was telling more closer to the truth. And so she was actually acquitted uh, and let go. Mary was sentenced to imprisonment, um, and it was the, they call it at her majesty's pleasure, is what it's called. And basically, um, it's a British legal term that is a sentence that's basically you're, you're in prison and jail until they say. Oh, that yeah. Until you, they say. They, that you, yeah, yeah, you can get out. I've um, heard of that before. There was another really popular case where that happened, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So, she went to jail and everything on this uh, Her Majesty's Pleasure, at Her Majesty's Pleasure pleasure sentence. Oh my gosh, I can't speak, apparently. Ever, really. Um, And while this was happening, like, while this was all happening, like I said, her mother, like, said that Mary said all these things. So, Mary's beautiful mother was actually selling stories to the tabloids. Oh my god. About, of course she was. <laughs> yeah, about things that Mary wrote and what she would say and everything. And I guess after Mary got out, I think her mom actually would tell people where she was. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So Mary was sentenced uh, to a secure... She was in a secure children's unit at the Red Bank Community Home. Mm-hmm. And then in... 1970, she actually accused a guard of sexually assaulting her, but that didn't really go anywhere because good Mary old- lies. <laughs> Mary lies. Uh, and then actually seven years later, Mary and another inmate, I found this like really interesting. They actually broke out of prison re- like oh, really? for a brief. Yeah. 
I, I think I find it more interesting because she wasn't in prison for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was apprehended three days later. And the reason why they made such a big deal out of this is because they stayed the night when they broke out. They stayed the night with two different, like, with two boys. And I guess that's when she lost her virginity is why it became such a big deal. Okay. I thought it was a really weird reason to have it such a big deal. Hey, actually, remember, it, it's kind of a big deal because this disproves a lie from earlier when she said her mom was prostituting her at four years old. Hey! Caught in the act. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We okay. got you, Mary. We got you. <laughs> so after, this is kind of like after she served, she only served 12 years. Um, so at the age of 23, Mary was let out in 1980. 12 years. Yeah, for killing two young little boys. Killing and mutilating. And mutilating. One of them. Okay. I know, I'm sorry, I did specify that. <laughs> um, she was released on license, which is basically, she's still, like, she's under very strict um, watch. But she just gets to live in the community. It's kind of like parole. Kind of like parole. It's okay. like, apparently that's the... I mean, I think it's like the equivalent. Okay. Um, only they probably do a lot better job at it. <clears throat> you can edit that out. <laughs> um, so she was granted... I'm going to say this wrong. Anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity. I can't say it. It's that speech of... Did I ever tell you about my speech impediment? A little. Okay. I can't say certain words because of, like, the where the vowels and the end up. My mouth will not say it. And the manumity. You know, that was real close. That was real close. So basically, that she could re- remain anonymous. Yes. When she, so, okay. To, and they did that so she could, like, avoid tabloids because they were, like, obsessed with her. Right. And her mother probably didn't help. So, um... Well, not when she's like, oh, hey, by the way, my daughter's over there. Yeah. Uh, so she actually, they had to, she had to move and change her name seven, like, over seven times. Holy crap! Yeah. I was just like, what the heck? Leave this poor lady alone. Like, I mean, I guess No, she... no, no. Okay. You don't get to leave the poor lady alone. <laughs> I, I get, there's, like, a certain aspect where it's like, if the whole community shunned her, I can understand that. But, like... But also... Making it so she has to, like, they, like leave. I think I completely get it. That, like, if I if I live in a small town and I figure out um, Cindy, who just moved in, was convicted of murdering two little boys, I wouldn't want her there. Because, like... Understandable. I mean... It's, it's the thing that, like, it, it still happens today. That's why, like... There's actual, like, townships where sex offenders go to live together because they're not welcome anywhere else. Well, oh, I was about to say that. I was yeah. about to be like, well, I guess, but it's like, if a sex offender, like, lives in your neighborhood, you don't want them there. Right. Because okay. It's, it's crimes against children. It's, it's... It's so different. Right. It's its own kind of completely different... Yeah. ...group of people... That commit crimes against children. It's just so much worse. Yeah. She, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop for a second because I, I, when I was reading kind of what, like, after she got out, the fact that she kind of, uh, was living decently, like, it's not like she was hurting anybody else. It's not like she committed any more crimes. 
or anything. In a way, I'm like, okay, as a young kid, I get it. Like, uh, like as she's gotten older, she's matured and everything. Right, and I want to believe she's reformed, but there's still that little thing in the back of my head that's like... This is what you did. Can someone who was that malicious at such a young age really be reformed? Well, I mean, she... Four years after she got out, she did have a kid, and they had to put that child also in the, like, like, uh, nobody really knew any, knows anything about her. She couldn't really go to school or anything like that because mm-hmm. of who her mom was. Right. She actually didn't know what her mom did oh, wow. until she was, like, 14, and it was because the tabloids found her, and they had to, like, leave their house, and she had to explain to her daughter... Why they had to leave. Why they had to leave with sheets over their head. Oh, my God. And, like, yeah. See, I feel bad for the the daughter. Yeah. And this daughter, as they've gotten older, even after 18, her daughter is still... Like, they had to get basically put in protective custody because they were getting, like, harassed so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And now she even has, like, a granddaughter who is under this custody. Oh, that's so sad. Because nobody will leave them alone. See, I don't feel bad for Mary at all. Like, you make your bed, you lay in it. Yeah. But I feel so bad for the daughter and the granddaughter because they they had nothing to do with it. They weren't even, like, a whisper of a thought when this happened and yeah. they have to pay for it, which is so sad. I think that's why I feel bad. Yeah. Because the aftermath is, like, now these two innocent people are getting their lives, like, come on. Right. Anyway, um... A little fun facts, actually, about this whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not the whole story, but what it inspired. Um, she actually tried, Mary uh, Bell actually tried to publish two books. One, it was by Gitta, I'm going to, like, screw up names, like, actual, like, name names. Gitta Sereni, and it was called The Case of Mary Bell. And this was, I don't know if it got published or it was supposed to be published in 1972, and that was account of, like, the killings and the trial. And then there was a second one called uh, Cries Un- um, Unheard, the story of Mary Bell. And that was set to be published in, like, 1998. And that was just a bunch of interviews. But the actual, like, British government tried to, like, stop it. Good. <laughs> because Mary was going to get money from yeah. the sales and stuff. And there's actually laws against that in the United States. It's for incarcerated people. I don't know if it counts if they get out. Yeah. But um, there's actually, I don't know if it got resolved. There's this huge thing going on with Dennis Rader that he was trying to circumvent this and trying to oh, make profit off stuff. It was really recent. And his daughter got involved in it, like trying to shut him down. Good on her. Yeah. Um, but there's also, like, her escape from prison inspired a BBC screen. It's it's called, like, a screen to teleplay. I it have no idea. Made for TV movie. Yeah. Like a Hallmark movie. Uh, is that what it is? I, th- I think that's what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, what the heck is this thing? Um, I was hoping you'd know. You're just like a vault of weird knowledge. I really am, you guys. It's bad. <laughs> Um, the movie was called Will You Love Me Tomorrow, and that was, uh, produced in 1987. There was actually a Law and Order episode called Killers, with a Z, um, that was inspired by the whole thing, and then there was another redone one in 2010 called Broken, and then there was, like, a documentary on Discovery called Deadly Woman. I love Deadly Women. Hers was Young Blood, the episode Young Blood, or 
yeah, I guess episode Young Blood. Um, and then actually, there's some uh, metal bands that have written songs about her, and like, uh, like I said, I'm gonna screw up the band's name, and I'm sorry, I don't know them. Macabre, 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 Macabre. Okay, cool. On their 1993 album, Sinister Slaughter, uh, that was about her. And then there's like a few other bands. Uh, Perfume Genius, the song Look Look Out, Look Out was about her. There was another guy who wrote a song um, after her as well. So, I mean, sadly, she inspired people to produce... I mean, it's, a- it's it's a normal pop culture thing. It happens a yeah. lot. Actually, speaking of Dennis Rader, I know. Did you listen to the last podcast on the left episode on him? <laughs> did I? Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I? I don't know. So, last podcast on the left did a, a couple episodes on BTK. Yes. Um. It's actually so. This is really funny. It's actually gotten to the point that, like, in my head, when I go on like manic rants in my head. It's actually the voice of Henry Sobrowski in my head. <laughs> uh, I'm not mad. <laughs> um, but they they read some of his poetry because Dennis Rader wrote poetry before he was found and oh, he left yeah. it behind. Look. One of his poems was actually put to music and they used it in a Supernatural episode. That makes me mad. It's, a, it's really, it's kind of cool. But it's um What are you doing, Supernatural? I'm sorry. So no, it's the well, it's it was a recording of the song. And it's a recording so like they were looking for music, they found music and they used it. Uh, they did not make the music and use okay, it. Okay, okay. I'm but not mad it's, anymore. <laughs> I can't remember what season it is because it's been a while, but it's the first time they introduced death. And like, do you remember the? Um, it's super dramatic. Death gets out of his black Mustang, and he's walking down the road, <gasps> yes. and he bumps shoulders with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the song that's playing in the background in that scene is one of Dennis Rader's poems. No, why does somebody have to do that? No, and it's it's called "Oh Death." Oh Death. <laughs> it's really cool when you listen to it. But when I was listening to the last podcast on the last left episode, and they read that poem. I, I could not get it out of my head. I was like, this sounds so familiar. And it took me a little while. And then I was like, <gasps> and I found the scene in it. Like, no, it's, it's the poem. That makes upset just because it's him. But I, I, I found the psychopathy test. Oh, yeah. It's actually, it's called the hair's test and it's done on a three point scale uh-huh. and it's 20 questions and you rate them zero, one, or two points. Zero points if it does not apply. One point if it somewhat applies. Yeah. And two if the item definitely applies. Can we take this? Sure. Yes. And then we'll we'll do it next time we record and tell everybody what our scores are. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Um, but... Um, I guess I was wrong, and it's actually the same point value, and it's 30 points or more indicates that you uh, are likely a psychopath. And so that's probably what they use to determine that she's a classic psychopath, mm. is that they gave her the hairs test, and I, I don't know when it was created. 
or something to the likes of it. It was created in the 1970s. So Oh, it might have been It might like have a, been used on her. Yeah. Like in its early creation. Yeah. They might have used this to wow. rate her. But it takes 20 questions about what the traits of classic psychopathy mm-hmm. and you rate yourself and then you get your score. So next time, guys, yes. we will share our scores from the hairs test. Yes. That'd be that'd be fun. I want to see how much of a psychopath I am. I always <laughs> joke around that I am. That's why. <laughs> joke around? No. I don't, I don't think you are. You say I'm not because I can admit it, which might make me the worst kind. <laughs> but they can't. The The whole thing about psychopaths is they don't think anything's wrong with them. So it might make me the worst kind because I say there's something wrong. No, no, because the fact that you can recognize that there something might be wrong automatically discredits you. Oh, because psychop- then are you the psychopath? Psychopaths don't maybe because I don't. I don't think. <laughs> Next time on alternative interests. <laughs> Next time we'll find out that that Crystal's the actual psychopath here. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. And we'll keep you updated. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, on we'll our go tests. ahead and take this test. Yeah, and if you take the test, do tell us yes. on our or comment or whatever on our Instagram. And yeah, tell we us. will. We'll make a separate post on our Facebook group yes. and our Instagram, and let's talk about our hair test scores because yes. I'm actually really interested in this. Same, and then who knows? But if you don't feel comfortable sharing because you got an abnormally high score understandable <laughs> yeah also please don't like inflate your scores to look cool yeah no you gotta be honest nobody nobody cares i'm gonna be honest and i i i, I low-key want it to be high just so i can prove a point to crystal that i'm a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> um but thanks for listening uh like follow subscribe like follow subscribe on instagram and Facebook and we are on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify. If there's some other platform you guys want us to be on, because yeah, as but- of right now, I don't know where else to broadcast us. But if there's another app that you prefer to use, let us know and I will get us there. Yes, please let us know. Talk to us. We we'll, we want to hear from you. So comment. I mean review us so we can see the freaking reviews guys that would be great because <laughs> that would be nice um There's one review i really want to look at and we we actually recorded um last week's episode and this week's episode on the same day so we will we'll get an update um next time we record yes 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 so anyway but thanks guys thanks for listening bye bye